Welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Our topic today is one that is rarely, if ever, presented in public or on television. It's one of the most explosive, yet one of the most important issues of our day. The subject is the mark of the beast. Who is the beast? Who is the man with the number 666? Today's topic, the mark of the beast, part one. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. The meeting tonight is a very, very important meeting. It deals with a subject, my friend, that you and I need to know. It is not an option. It is the subject, the mark of the beast. And I would like you to take a Bible tonight and turn with me to the Apocalypse or the Book of Revelation. We're glad that each of you could come tonight. It's raining outside. It's quite heavy rain, and I'm glad that you came tonight. Would you please come with me to Revelation chapter 14 as we talk tonight on this tremendous subject. Please turn to the text. Revelation chapter 14 and verses 9 down to 12. This is the first of a two-part series. The meeting on the image of the beast is tomorrow night. That's the one that every American ought to know about. Revelation 14, have you got it? Verses 9 and onwards, the Bible says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on his hand. He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends for ever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. And the next verse must not be forgotten. It says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't read anything more significant. You won't read anything more meaningful. And you won't read anything more important anywhere in the whole wide world, in any book besides, besides this book, my friend, there is nothing that measures up to that message. The Bible says, if any man worships the beast. The Bible says, if any man worships the image of the beast, which is the copy of the beast. And the Bible says, if any man gets the mark of the beast, he is going to get the undiluted wrath of God Almighty. And so, I'm going to put this up here on the blackboard. Over on this side, we are going to put the mark of the beast. And the Bible says that if you get the mark of the beast, and this is not what I say, the Bible says, if I willingly follow the mark, if I willingly follow the beast, I will never be saved. That's what the Bible says. 
And the Bible says that there is something in absolute contrast to the mark of the beast. This is not what a church teaches. This is not what John Carter teaches. The Bible says, in contrast to the mark of the beast, it talks about the commandments. The commandments not of man, but the commandments not of the beast. But it talks about the commandments of God Almighty. And the Bible tells me that in the last days there is going to be a great issue which is going to revolve around allegiance to the beast or allegiance to Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, because tonight your soul salvation may depend upon this meeting. The Bible says, the Word of God says that in the last days the great issue is going to be one of allegiance to God. And my friend, it's all going to revolve around the commandments of God. I want you to see that tonight. We are living in an era of antinomianism and cheap grace. It is preached in America and in Australia from a thousand pulpits every weekend. And cheap grace says, once you are saved by the grace of God, and that's the only way any man can ever be saved. But people say, once you are saved by the grace of God, away with the commandments, down with the law of God. We don't need to keep the commandments of God. That is a heresy. The Bible says, here are they who keep the commandments of God. I want to tell you tonight, if any preacher, any man tells you, you don't need to keep the commandments of God, he is preparing you to receive the mark of the beast. Did you hear that? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in the last days there are going to be two companies. One is going to be a large company. A company, my friend, of religious enthusiasts who are moved not by truth, but who are moved by their emotions. And people, my friend, who are moved by emotion are going to be people who are going to be moved into getting the mark of the beast because it's going to be the easiest thing to do. But the Bible says... God, and this is to quote the very words of Scripture, in the last days, God is going to have a remnant people who will keep the commandments of God. As the great John Wesley said, a man is saved meritoriously by grace. That is the merit of your salvation, the grace of God. Meritoriously by grace, said Wesley instrumentally by faith. That is the instrument whereby we accept the grace of God, faith. We reach out by faith. Instrumentally, we are saved by faith. And then Wesley said, we are saved evidentially by works. What did he mean? He means that works and obedience are the evidence that a person has accepted the grace of God. Did you know that? If you want to know what the grace of God will lead a man to do, the grace of God will lead a man to keep the commandments of God. Did you hear that? That's what the Bible says. You look at it again because I know this is not believed by millions today because they have a superficial religion. I want you to have a religion that is based on the religion of God, you see. 
As somebody said, if your religion doesn't make you a better person, you had better get a better religion. Revelation 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God. People will come to you and they'll say, you don't need to keep them and you can't keep them. I want to say the Bible says, here are the saints of God. They keep the commandments of God. They don't talk about it. My friend, the idea that says that grace releases us from obedience to the commandments of God, that is not the grace of God. That is the disgrace of the devil. That's what the Bible says. Now come with me to Revelation 12 and verse 17. And it talks about the last great conflict. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17 you know friend i feel tonight i have a conviction tonight that god wants you to hear this i have a conviction that god brought you here tonight revelation 12 verse 17 says and the dragon that's the devil was enraged with the woman that's the church and went to make war with the rest of her offspring, or the remnant, it says in the KJV, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? The Bible says in the last days that God is going to have the people. God is going to have the people who in spite of scorn and derision and insult and eventually persecution and death threats that are going to start right in the land of the free and the land of the brave. We're going to show you tonight it's going to happen firstly here in America and it's going to happen right in the south. It's going to happen, my friend, in the Bible Belt. That's where it's going to start. That is where it's going to grow. And the Bible says God is going to have a people who are going to stand up for Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they keep the commandments of God. You hear that? That's what the Bible says. And I'm glad to hear that you agree with me. On one side, one side, the mark of the beast. On the other side... The commandments of God. Hear the thunder? Hear the thunder? I want to tell you tonight, God speaks in thunder to you tonight. Hear the thunder? God is talking to you tonight. God has got a message for you tonight. Too long we have listened to weak sentimentality from the pulpit. What you and I need tonight is to hear the thunder. That's what we need, my friend. We need to hear the thunder. You know, we have heard so much, so much stuff on television that masquerades in the name of religion. And the theme is, do what you like, and all God wants you to be and do is be happy. Do what you like, break the commandments, but most of all, be rich. I want to tell you, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a religion that says, come and take up your cross and follow me. And what America needs tonight, listen. What America needs tonight is the thunder of God's voice from Mount Sinai when God came down and said, I am the Lord your God. 
what America needs. There are two great mountains in the Bible. One is Mount Sinai and one is Mount Calvary and they complement each other. Jesus died on Calvary because Mount Sinai, my friend, was there and the law is eternal. And while we cannot be saved by the law, while we cannot be saved by keeping the commandments of God, I want to tell you folks something. The mark of a saved man is when the Holy Spirit comes into his life and his life is absolutely transformed by the power of God. And that man goes out and says, Lord, I will keep your commandments. I will do what you want me to do. That is genuine Christianity. Anything less than that is a sham and humbug and balderdash. Now, the Bible talks about the mark of the beast. We need to discover, firstly, the identity of the beast. Who is the beast? It's not hard to work out. Come to Revelation 13 and verse 1. Revelation 13 and verse 1. I love to hear the thunder. A little girl described thunder as God shifting the furniture upstairs. You can hear it being moved around. God is alive. I want you to know tonight that God is alive and God wants to come into this meeting. He wants to talk to us. And I want you to know God is here tonight too. Revelation 13, verse 1. You got it? Revelation 13, verse 1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. As John, my friend, is standing by the seashore, he sees this monstrosity rising out of the waves. And this is the great beast that persecutes and changes the law of God. And tonight, by the grace of God, it is our purpose. So help us, God, to unmask who this beast is. Did you know when I run meetings like this, I have preachers, I have people, I have church members, not here, not here, but I have had them in other places, and they've come to me and they say, don't preach on these things. Preach only on the love of God, but don't tell the people about the beast and the mark of the beast. It may make them uncomfortable. I want to tell you that this prophecy has been inspired by the greatest lover, by Jesus Christ. Did you know why God has given us this prophecy? God has given us this prophecy because He loves us. That is why. God has given us these prophecies because He loves us and because He wants for our very best good. And my friend, we are to know that all of Scripture is inspired by God. God inspired this prophecy. God inspired it all. God says in the last days that He's going to have a message to get people ready for the harvest. God is going to have a message to get people ready for the coming of Jesus. And a vital part of that last day message is the unmasking of the beasts and the preaching about the mark of the beast and calling people to keep the commandments of God. Can you see that? Okay, let us notice the identification marks of the beast. And now we're going to talk about the Antichrist. And I don't need to spend too much time on this point because you folk will know it. Verse 4, 
And the Bible says, they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And uh, they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? The Bible says that the beast power operates in the sphere of religion. The beast, my friend, demands and accepts worship because we, were going to, we are going to see tonight the beast is a church. The beast we're going to see tonight and tomorrow night is more than a church. The beast is a great amalgamation of church and state. Did you hear that? I am going to talk tomorrow night on the church in politics. I'm going to show you, my friend, what the Word of God says is going to happen in America when church and state unite. And tonight we are going to talk about the beast because the beast is an amalgamation of church and state. Now, people worship this church. And verse 5 says... And I don't need to go into every point because you who came to the one on the Antichrist will be aware of this. Verse 5, there was, and he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. He says, we hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. He says, I can forgive your sins. He says, come and confess your sins to me and I will forgive you your sins. That's what he says. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. 42 months. Turn over quickly to Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and verse 6. Revelation 12 verse 6 says, Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. That's the true church. That they should feed her there 1,260 days. And verse 14 says, And the woman, or the true church, the Bible says, was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, half a time, from the face or from the presence of the serpent. Now let me come again to the blackboard, please. The Bible says that this great church this great super church, this great organization that ruled the world and that will rule the world again. This great religious system would rule the world, the Bible says, for 1,260 days or the Bible says for 42 months. And in a biblical calendar, a prophetic calendar, there are 30 days. And you multiply 42 by 30, and that equals 1,260 days, equaling three and a half years or three and a half times. In a prophetic calendar, there are 360 days in a year, 12 months of 30 days. And the Bible says the beast rules the world for 1260 days. I think, I think that I have proved to your satisfaction in previous meetings that in Bible prophecy a day symbolizes what? 
a year. Now, I know today when you talk to many Christians, they say, you know, that must be a new idea. I want to tell you, this is what all the Baptists used to believe. This is what all the Lutherans used to believe. This is what John Wesley, the leader of the Methodist Church, used to believe. This is what the Waldenses used to believe. This is what the Church of England used to believe. That in Bible prophecy, a day equals one year. And when I study the prophecies, I find, and when I study history, that the great church of Rome became a world power in the year 538 A.D. And that was by the decree of the Emperor Justinian, who in 538 made the Pope the head of the churches, the definer of doctrine, and the corrector of heretics in 538 A.D. That is history. I want to say to you tonight, you may not always like what I say, but my friend, you and I cannot argue with the truth. This is the truth. These are facts. We are not here tonight to be personal because God loves people in every church. Did you hear this? God has got His children in every church. There are some people who think that only Baptists are going to be saved, or only Methodists are going to be saved, or only Adventists are going to be saved, or only Pentecostals are going to be saved. I want to tell you, God has got His children in every church. You hear that? God has got them. And I believe tonight, listen to me, I know this is strong Protestant territory, I want to tell you, Protestant, something tonight. I personally believed that the greatest number of God's true children are out there in the Roman Catholic Church. You hear that? Because it is the biggest church, the greatest church in the world. And I believe that God has got His children in that church by the millions and the millions. You hear that? And that's not a very popular thing to say in the Bible Belt, is it? I want you to know it's true. And God says in Revelation 18, don't turn it up now, God says, come out of her, my people. That's what God says. God says, come out of the beast. Come out of that system of apostasy. God says, come out of her, my people. And if you add 1260 years onto 538, it brings you through to the great climactic prophetic year of 1798. My friend, it is not a coincidence that in 1798, after the Dark Ages, after the 1260 years, that General Berthier, one of the generals of Napoleon Bonaparte, marched down into Rome and took the pontiff prisoner in 1798. Listen, my friend, this I get excited when I talk about this. Do you know why? Here is undeniable evidence of the living God who can see the future. You see? Here is evidence that this is the book of God. My friend, God has never been caught off guard. God has foreseen tomorrow, and He has written it in His book. You see? Now... 
There is no question, and I want to say this, my beloved Baptist Protestant friends, what I am talking tonight about the beast is historical Protestantism. Did you hear that? This is the doctrine that was taught by the Pilgrim Fathers. This is the doctrine that was believed by the founding fathers of the United States of America. You may say it isn't taught today. More shame upon us. Because, my friend, it is the teaching of these great prophecies that made America the land of the free. You know that? Do you really know the history of this country? Do you really know why people came to this country? Why did they come to America? They came, my friend, to escape the persecutions of the Church of Rome. That's why they came. They came, my friend, because they wanted a church without a pope and a state without a king. And that is why America has been great. America was a nation raised up by God. And I want to tell you folks something. America's hope is in her fidelity to the Word of God. And if and when America should ever turn from the living Word of God, America, my friend, will end up like Egypt and Babylon and any other of those great monarchies. America... Listen, her strength is not in her nuclear missiles. The Russians have got them and just as big. But America has got something Russia hasn't got. And America has got something the Russians don't seem to be interested in getting. America has the Bible. 